Okay, Mike. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and so many of us think because we have baggage and we've done so much that he could never forgive us. That is a lie from the devil. The blood says you can, amen? amen. 
he covered he covers you in his blood and we should go to him daily and just know that God loves us so much you may have wandered from the path you were on, found yourself lonely and lost a long way from home. The guilt deep inside says that you've come too far this time that you can't be forgiven and there's no need to try but the blood says you can leave the past all behind your sin will be covered and your pardon that you can't go back home again but the father is waiting with arms open wide the blood says you can we've all made our choices that became our mistakes and stood in the ashes of bridges we burn the pain and heartaches but the blood of Jesus does what nothing else can do there's a place called forgiveness and there's room there for you blood says you can put the past all behind your sin will be covered and your pardon signed Satan tells you it's hopeless and that you can't go arms open wide the blood says you can when you're reminded of mistakes that you've made just remember behind your sin will be covered and your pardon signed Satan tells you it's hopeless and that you can't go back home again but the Father is waiting with arms open wide the blood says you can but the father is waiting with arms open wide the blood says you can the blood says you can amen Praise the Lord. Amen. Now you're like a roadblock, girl. Praise God. Give my wife another big round of applause. Amen. God is good. 
So I uh, entitled this message tonight, What is Lent? What is Lent? If you got a Bible, open it up to Luke 18. Now, everybody say that with me, got my Bible. When I say open your Bibles, we say, got my Bible. Say it again. We got my Bible. If you brought a Bible, say, got my Bible. Don't miss doing that again. It's so much fun when we do it. Don't lose your fun. Tell somebody, say, you ought to be fun, you frowning son of a gun. Maybe I ought not say that in church. Amen. So I titled this message, What is Lent? And I want to read this parable in just a minute. And I found in Luke 18 that helps explain it tonight. There's nothing wrong with me, the man said. But sir, you've just been in a terrible car accident. You're bleeding and you have some deep bruises. Your shoulder looks out of place. There may be some internal damage. The man says again, there's nothing wrong with me. At least have a doctor check you out, sir. We have an ambulance right here on, on site. It won't take them very long to look at you. I told you, the man said, there's nothing wrong with me. But, sir, I think you need to get checked out. Then the man walked away from the car accident. His wife picked him up, and he drives home. Later, he dies that night from internal bleeding. There's nothing wrong with me can be a dangerous thing to say. Spiritually, saying there's nothing wrong with me can be a dangerous thing to say. Have we ever met anybody like that in our Christian walk? People who think that they got it. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm, uh, I'm perfect. If you don't like me the way I am, then so be it. God has called every one of us in this church, in the men in the sound room who are listening tonight, God has called every one of us to be evolving and changing and growing in Christ. All of us in the church, God has called us to be growing and evolving. For someone to sit and say, nothing's wrong with me. I got saved. I'm born again. I tithe. I go to church. There's still nothing wrong with me. I can find something wrong with me just about every day. Oh, y'all perfect people in the church tonight, huh? Welcome, perfect people. Well, y'all can look at me with all those eyes that you want to, but you probably thought something about somebody today. You probably had somebody cut you off in traffic. You got upset. You got mad. Maybe your boss came in and they shouted out you. Maybe your wife didn't have a hot meal prepared for you tonight before church and you just got upset, got bent out of shape. Maybe you had that thought of, uh, of suicide or depression. You can always find something wrong with you. I'm telling you the truth. This is not one of those Joel Osteen messages that's going to make you feel great about yourself. The Lord said that, that, that there's something wrong and we should always be pursuing, always be growing. Paul says that, that we're in a race. And, and, and the Lord never took that out of Paul's side to remind him of the need. The Lent season reminds us of the need to have Christ in our life. Like Mary says, it's not about giving up something like candy or Coke or fish or meat. It's about getting right with God. And all of us can do that every day. Thank God for grace and thank God for mercy because I need it every morning. <laughs> I hope we get something tonight. There's nothing wrong with me, Ken. It'd be a dangerous thing to say. Spiritually, it's probably the worst thing a person could possibly say. For a person to stand before God and say, there's nothing wrong with me, that's incomparable with Christianity and unacceptable to God. What is the opposite of there's nothing wrong with me? Would it be that there's everything wrong with me? You see, when I got saved, Brother Joe, 10 years ago, when I walked into Parkview Baptist Church, I had plenty of money, I had plenty of fame, had plenty of friends. I had a great wife, good-looking kids. I had it all together, and I didn't think there was anything wrong with the way that I lived but when they started singing that song and that song was singing and that song is saying could you teach your kids about Jesus there was something wrong with me I served the rodeo God I served the liquor I served cussing I had all these things about there was a lot of stuff wrong with me that I had to make right with God that day yeah, I don't know has anybody ever been there just something moves you and you had to go to the altar something moves you and you had to get right with God there was something wrong. The opposite of there's nothing wrong with you is that there's a lot wrong with you. There's a lot wrong with you. God knows us better than we know ourselves. 
I remember last year I wanted to go down to Waco and beat my brother-in-law up, and God hid him from me. God knew when I found him, I was going to put my hands on him, and God hid him from me. I came back home, and I said, honey, God knows me better than myself. He hid that son of a gun from me, and I looked all over for him, and I've lived in Waco all my life. God played peekaboo with him. I couldn't find him. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And wouldn't it be something, listen to me, according to the Bible, a Christian is someone who stands before God and says, there's everything wrong with me. A Christian is also someone who says, but Jesus Christ, through his blood, forgive me of my sins. I'm so glad that he did, amen. I'm so thankful tonight for the cross. As a Christian, it's also someone who says, but Jesus Christ has overcome my sins. He has taken away all the things that are wrong with me. Today is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. And what is Lent exactly? What's it all about? We find the answers as we focus on this story that Jesus tells about two opposite people. One who is there saying, there's nothing wrong with me. And the other one standing there saying, there's everything wrong with me. God, I'm so thankful he opened up my eyes. I have not arrived because I'm not made at home. I'm a work in progress. Last year, our motto or the year before was we're under construction. How many people still today feel like they're under construction? Hallelujah. Praise God that we can stand here together and say, you know what? We can't point out all the perfect people around tonight because there's so many of us with flaws, imperfections. And as a Christian, we come before the Lord and say he can take away that. And what is this Lent all about? We find the answers as we look at this parable tonight. And, 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 and if you got a Bible and you brought a Bible, Luke 18, 9. Got my Bible? I want to read this to you tonight. We find the answers as we focus on the story where Jesus talks about two opposite people. One who says, there's nothing wrong with me. And the other one who says, there's everything wrong with me. One of them represents what Lent isn't. And one of them represents what Lent is. Tonight, we're going to focus on these two people as we seek to learn better what Lent really is and what it means to us tonight. Jesus told this story that we're about to read, and he confronts these two people. And I believe the Lord can confront us too tonight. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great self-confidence and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a dishonest tax collector. The proud Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, especially like that tax collector over there. For I've never cheated. I don't sin. I don't commit adultery. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. That was his prayer. <laughs> How come we get like that sometimes? Well, I'm not as bad as old so-and-so. Oh, they're really jacked up. they really jacked up. they really jacked up. If you see them, they're really jacked up. We get like that. Let's be honest tonight. We get like that. We see a married couple, so, oh, I'm glad we're not like them. But then some days our marriages are going through hell and back. I'm glad my kids ain't as bad as those kids. But then some days our kids are going to hell and back. Some days we, we I'm glad I'm not as broke as them. And then some days we're broke. We always want to put ourselves better. There's a little Pharisee in all of us. I preached that one Sunday and it was awesome. We have to check that. We got to check that. Here you got this man, and I'm going to read about the tax collector in just a minute. But you got this man, he's standing there, and he's saying, Whoa, I'm glad I'm not like so-and-so. I'm glad I'm not like her. I'm glad I'm not like them. I'm glad I'm not like that tax collector. I don't commit adultery. I don't lie. I don't murder. I tithe my money. And he's standing there telling the Lord how great he is. He's perfect. There was only one perfect person, and his name was Jesus. So you got him standing there, and that's his prayer. Let's look at the tax collector. But the tax collector, in verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance and dare not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. 
I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisees, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisees, return home justified before God. For the proud will be humbled, but the humbled will be honored. So let me put this in your mind as we learn about Lent tonight. Pay attention. Look, watch, watch, pay attention. Here you got this tax collector, and both men are going to the temple to pray, and the Pharisee walks in, and he stands there and says, Look how good I am, God. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm better than this tax collector. And now it's the tax collector's turn. He goes, watch this. He goes to pray, too, to the temple, but he don't go in. He don't go in. His sins are keeping him out. But he knows his sins are keeping him from even lifting his head up. He feels bad about his sins. He feels bad about his sins. Can I say this to you tonight? We should feel bad about our sins. Is anybody getting this tonight? We should feel bad about our sins. There's not a healthy fear of God in this world anymore. We should fear God with everything inside of us. Y'all hear me tonight. We need to fear God. Not what the principal's going to do. Not what mom and dad's going to do. Not when this person finds out. Not the prison system. We should fear God. And you got this tax collector. And I'm going to make you understand Lent tonight. Because I prayed and asked God to help me. You got this tax collector. And he's going to pray too. And as soon as he gets to the temple. He realizes what a sinner he is. And he can't even go in. And he can't even lift his head. And watch what he does. I love what he does because I have been here before. He starts beating on his chest saying, God, will you please forgive me of my sins? I am so sorry. God, I love you and I should have never done those things. And, and, and in the symbolize of him beating his chest, imagine he hit his knees and said, God, please forgive me. Anybody ever been there and done that? Anybody ever been there and done that? They just sin and they come before God and say, God, please forgive me. Here you got this tax collector. You got this tax collector and he, he comes and he, he can't even go inside. And, and God says, watch this. And God says, oh, I love this. I learned this today. I want you to learn it with me. But the tax collector stood at a distance. That means he didn't go in and dare not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. And this is what the Lord says. It's read in my Bible. Is it read in your Bible? He said, I tell you this, sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God, for the proud will be humbled but the humble will be honored. The man took a look at his own life and said, I ain't worthy. Then it's that time of year. Jesus told this story of the people. One was righteous. Two men, Jesus said, went up to the temple to pray, the Pharisees and the tax collector. The Pharisee was people in that time that lived good lives, clean lives. The tax collector were people who swindled people out of money. Both of them came to church, went into the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood up and prayed all about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like that other man. I'm not robbers. I'm not an adulteress. I'm not even like that tax collector. I give half my money, one-tenth every week. Lord, I, I pay my tithes. Maybe you can sum up this prayer as I thank you, God, but there's nothing wrong with me. Anybody here tonight that thinks there's nothing wrong with them? Raise your hand. Raise your hand tonight if you think there's nothing wrong with you. I'm not going to put you on blast. But in your spirit, you think that there's nothing wrong with you. There's no room for God. There's no room for improvement. I think there's room for improvement in all of us. Each and every one of us. From some that I know are great Christian people in this house tonight. I know people who, who got saved, set free, delivered from alcohol, drugs, and they're on their way. But I know that they still got room for improvement. I don't pray enough, Pastor Mark. I don't read my Bible enough, Pastor Mark. When I get a bad report, I don't trust enough, Pastor Mark. There are times in my life, Pastor Mark, where, where I go all day without talking to God. See, there's room for improvements. There's room for improvements in our lives. We all got room. And Lent is about the time where we need to find room for improvement in our lives. 
Somebody get this tonight with me. The tax collectors were people who swindled uh, money out of people. Both of them came to church. The, the tax collector stood there and said, said, there's everything wrong with me. The Pharisee says, there's nothing wrong with me. Maybe he was right. Maybe he was a good citizen. Maybe he obeyed the law, lived a moral life, and upright. He was righteous. Maybe he, was, he did give his money to the church. Really, there wasn't much wrong with him. Then Jesus focuses on the tax collector in the story, the opposite of the Pharisees. He had been stealing money from people his whole life. He had been on swindling people his whole life. He knew that his whole life was a disaster and that he deserved to go to hell when he died. Jesus said to the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He wouldn't even walk through the front doors of the temple. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He was so ashamed of his sins. He beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me. His prayer was the opposite of the Pharisees. Can we agree on that tonight? His prayer was the opposite. One guy saying, there's nothing wrong with me. Another guy saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I got to meet my friend who went, is a great man of God. I'm not even going to tell you his name. He is a great friend of mine and, and uh, back home in Waco. And, uh, big time football player, NFL, lots of money. Great friend of mine. Uh, didn't see him after he went to the draft. And, and uh, man, but I reached out to him two or three times to see if he'd come speak to our youth and never got a response. Well, a couple weeks ago, I ran into him in Waco. Me and Mary did at a, at a, 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 a little place, a little tax store there in Waco. He walked in. I said, man, I haven't seen you in forever. We hugged. We embraced. I, I prayed for him before he left town. Just a great friend of mine. He told me he got saved, and he was going to this church, and his family was in church, and he, he was expecting a little baby. And, well, man, praise God, he got saved. And, and, and then he began, we began to talk, and we began to uh, talk about the Lord and talk about our lives so from when we used to run the bars together and when we used to fight and go do all those things. Look how different we are now just because of God. How many tonight can say that we are different tonight because of God? God is so good. Praise God. We began to talk, we began to talk, and we began to fellowship, and then we began to, he began to tell me how since he's been saved, he don't sin. That's what he said, he said, since he's been saved. I'm not chastising him, I'm not saying anything, I'm just telling you a story, I'm talking to you tonight. Can I be real with you tonight? That's what he said, he said, since I got saved, the Bible says go and sin no more, so I don't sin no more. And he said, People that do are not saved. And it kind of threw me back for a minute. I'm just being real with you tonight. It kind of threw me back for a minute because I didn't know what to say at that time. I mean, sometimes I get tongue-tied too. And, he, and I said, that ain't right. You know, I'm, I'm bold enough to say it too. I said, that ain't right. Oh, no. Show me where it says. Show me where it says. Show, show me where it says. And, man, I, I couldn't show him right then where it's, where, 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 what I was trying to tell And he was just quoting scripture after scripture after scripture. And, man, he knew his Bible. Did you know the Pharisees knew their Bible too? Did you know they were religious, morally correct people? They stayed away from trouble, and they lived right, and they were good people. And, and, and he said, show me, show me. And, and, and for the life of me, I can't tell you the scripture that had come to mind. And, and, but I told him, I said, but what about Peter? Remember Peter? I told him, I said, remember Peter? I said, Peter denied the Lord three times, but he said he never would. How many times have we said we're always going to go to church? We're always going to do the right thing. We're going to quit cussing today. We're going to quit smoking. We're going to quit drinking. We're going to stop gossiping. How many times have we said those things? We're not going to judge nobody. How many times have we said those things? And then like Peter, come on, somebody get this tonight. Then like Peter, we slip back and fall and make mistakes. So I was trying to explain to him, and the scripture just wasn't coming to me. And, 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 and I said, you know, and I came back to my car. And I prayed, and I, and I said, good to see you. Come see me sometime. And I put my car in reverse, and like a light bulb, the scripture came to me. And I grabbed my phone. Thank God for Internet and Google and iPhone 5. I looked up that scripture. I got the scripture, and I walked back in the store. And God's my witness. He was over there praying. He was knelt down in the store praying at the back of the store. 
and he's probably praying for me. You know, I, he might have been praying for our relationship. Might have been praying that God would speak to us or something. I don't know what he's praying, but I waited for him to get through praying. And Mary, can you for the life of me remember what the, the scripture I, I I took back in there? And I hope by the end of the service, maybe I, God will give it to me. But I went back in there as he was through praying, and I gave him that scripture. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it is right now. But man, he looked at me. He shook his head. Yes. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And I don't think that any of us are ever going to arrive and become the way that God really wants us to fellowship with him perfect this side of heaven on earth. That's why we have Lent. Because Pharisees taught, as long as you live good, as long as you do the right thing, listen to me, there's a lot of people who think that still today. Good people do not go to heaven. Saved people go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. It's not an excuse to get saved and then you live like you're going to hell. I, I question that too, really honest. The Bible says, by your fruits, I'll know you. Jesus focuses on the tax collector in this story, the opposite of the, of the Pharisees. He'd been stealing money from people his whole life. Jesus goes on and says a simple tax collector was the one that was forgiven by God and not the perfect Pharisees. Why? Jesus tells us, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Pharisees was proud, looking down on others, exalting themselves. The tax collector was humble, sorry for his sins. What is Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying that you earn forgiveness of sins by being humble, I don't think so. Look at humble the tax collector was. I still didn't get him forgiven. Look at how humble the tax collector is. God says the tax collector deserves to be forgiven because he's humble. If that's how it works, if that's how a lot of people think, then people think that your good works is going to get you to heaven. you got to be humble and exalt yourself, but you still have to have that need for God in your life. Lynn is the time of year that you find that need for God in your life. And like my beautiful bride said a while ago, like my beautiful wife said, that it's not something we do for 40 days and then we put back on the shelf. It's something that we should do continuously every day in our walk with Christ. Holler, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you today. <laughs> is there anybody like that? I guess y'all just don't understand. Does anybody say, Lord, I need you I remember we were working on a building one time, and they were they were measuring, they were cutting, they couldn't get the, the, the pole to go in right, they couldn't get it to line up right, and finally one of the men said, you know why it ain't going in? The other men said, yeah, because you didn't cut it right. No, because we didn't pray. We forgot to acknowledge that we need God as we do this. And as soon as they, they prayed, they made one more cut, and you couldn't put that, that pole in there no more perfect than it went in, because we need God every day. I know I do I don't know about you but I know I do God forgives purely out of mercy not out of deeds not out of being humble being humble is great but God forgives out of mercy as a result his undeserving love overflows God forgives people God forgives people because Jesus Christ has taken away the sins of the world Because of this sacrifice Jesus made on the cross, cleansing the world of all sin, he offers that forgiveness to whoever's ready to accept it. In this story, God offers forgiveness to both the Pharisees and the tax collector. But only the tax collector receives God's forgiveness. Why? Because in his mercy, God chooses to forgive only those who humble themselves before him. Let me give you some English to this. Watch. If you come up to this altar all proud, all boastful-like, saying, God, I know I need you. I'm just going to come up here and do it today. I'm just going to come up here today, and I'm just going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up today. I'm just going to go give my life to the Lord today. If you come up here like that, you might as well have stayed in your seat. You might as well have stayed. Does anybody get that tonight? You might as well have just stayed in your seat. But if you come up here broken, humble, realizing that you need a Savior, Realizing in your heart that you can't go one more day without him. And that's what the Lord realized with the tax collector. As he was beating on his chest, as he was hollering for forgiveness, the Lord realized that he was serious 
The other guy just come give lip service. So many people today come to church just to give lip service, just to let people see them, just to let people see them. Let's see how much money they got, what kind of car they got, what kind of dress clothes they got. The Lord's not concerned about where you live or what you drive or how much money you got. He's concerned about your heart and the condition of your heart. Does anybody hear me tonight? Come on, somebody. As a result, he gave him his, his undeserving love, his mercy. But the tax collector received God's forgiveness. Why? Because in his mercy, God chose to forgive only those who humble themselves before the Lord. Those who stand before God and say, there's everything wrong with me. Lord, have mercy on me. Is there anybody here tonight that could do that? Say, Lord, there's everything wrong with me. Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Those humble people who recognize their sin and recognize their need for God's help, those people will receive God's forgiveness and receive God's help. Not because they're earning of it, not because they're good people, but because God shows the undeserved love to all who humble themselves and that are sorry for their sins. Have you really come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry? I'm sorry. I told you that it was my mama's birthday today. I will blamed her for a lot of years, but I could have probably been a better son. I could have probably treated her better too. I could have probably done a lot of things different. And at the end of her life, I was there to be the one to lead her to the Lord, but I hope she knows tonight how sorry I am for the way that I treat her. You know, I went 10 years without talking to her. You know, when I was in prison, nobody came and saw me. Nobody gave me nothing. Nobody ever sent me $5, put it on my books. And then when I got out, I wasn't nothing but a piece of trash to them. And I carried that around. Even after I got saved, even after I got saved, I just stayed away from them. I just, I just carried that hurt. But then something broke in me, and I forgave her, and we tried to build a relationship back with them. And, you know, the devil gets in where he can get in. But today's her birthday, and I sat in my office, and I was thinking, not about all the times she done me wrong, Brother Vic, but about all the times I probably did her wrong. And I began to ask God to forgive me. and I began to ask God to, to just reveal to me any character flaws in my life that would ever get me back to that place I was when I was like that. You know, that's real tonight. That's my heart tonight. You know, we got to come to God and say, God, if there's anything wrong in my, my life, anything wrong in my God, God, reveal it to me. Reveal it to me, God. If I'm too prideful, if I'm too judgmental, God, if I gossip all the time, God, if I, if I, if I slander somebody, God, if I have a bad thought, reveal it to me, God. And, Father, let's take care of this tonight because I don't want to be that person anymore. <laughs> Is there one like that here tonight? I miss my mama. I'd give anything, anything to have her with me tonight, to have her with me tonight. They never come and saw me preach, not one time, never once come, and I preached probably five years before she passed away. But she always knew something was different about me, and there was something different about me. I beat my chest and told the Lord, I'm sorry. I became like the tax collector in a place of repentance where every one of us need to get to a place of repentance. And Lent brings us to mind repentance. That's what it does. That's what it does. It brings us to reminders and repentance of our, of our sins. This humble tax collector is a picture of Lent. The proud Pharisees is the opposite of Lent. Which one are you tonight? How will you observe Lent this year? Do you plan to act extra religious right now? Many people observe Lent that way. Maybe I'll give up something for Lent. I will no longer watch my favorite television show for Lent. I will no longer eat chocolate for Lent. I will no longer listen to my favorite CD for Lent. Look at how religious I am, Lord. I'm giving up my chocolate. I'm giving up my Dr. Pepper. I'm giving up my beer this week, Lord. God must be extra happy with me as I refrain from eating chocolate and drinking Dr. Peppers and listening to my favorite CD. I don't think so. I don't think that's what Lent's about. Giving up food and chocolate and 
Dr. Peppers. And I think Lent's a time of self-denial. This evening, this evening, Jesus spoke to us through his word, and he tells us that Lent is a time of self-denial, a time to give up something. But I can tell you tonight, Jesus isn't concerned with chocolate or CDs. He's concerned what's going on in our heart. What you only know and he only knows is what Lent is really about. It's about giving up that thing. Maybe you're here tonight and you're still addicted to pornography. Maybe you're here tonight and you still have hatred in your heart for someone. God is concerned. Lent is a time for you to give up that. Not jelly beans. I don't know where that came from, but it just came. It's a time for us to give up something. right? What Jesus is not concerned about chocolate or CDs. He's concerned with what's going on in your heart. Lent is a time to give up those sins in our heart. It's a time to give up the sins of hypocrisy, acting like Christians on the outside, being proud of ourselves and self-centered on the inside. Lent is a time to give up the sins of standing out in public and looking all good on Sunday morning, but living like the devil till Friday. On the inside is what God is concerned about. Lent is a time to give up the sins and change our life and let God in those areas. Start focusing on, on, on Lent right now. What is Lent? Lent is the man who stood in the back of the temple and looked down at the ground and prayed to God, Lord, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Lent is a time for us to be like the man to give up our sinful habits, our sinful attitude, to stand before God, to ask Him to forgive us, to wash away our sins, and to empower us to turn away from our sinful past and to live new lives, lives that are dedicated to Christ, not for 40 days, but for eternity. I'm going to ask you tonight, are you dedicated to Christ? Is there any area of your life that is not dedicated to Christ? Then Lent is the time to get those areas dedicated to Christ. Hallelujah for Lent. I'm not Catholic, I'm not Lutheran, I'm not Mormon. I, I, I guess I, I call myself Baptist, but even moving away from that, I, I'm just in a relationship with God, and there are areas in my heart where, where I have to improve. And so all the self-righteous people, this probably went right over your head, and you think there's nothing in my life that I need to improve on. I'm going to give up chicken. God's not concerned about chicken. He's concerned about how you treat your worker. He's concerned how you treat your wife. He's concerned how you treat your husband and how you treat your children. God's concerned with how you help the homeless or how you don't help the homeless. Just as the tax collector walked home justified before God, so can we walk away tonight forgiven and no longer feeling guilty. I no longer have to beat myself up for the way I've been living. I can come tonight right there in my chairs, not altar, but in my chair and say, Lord, forgive me. That's what I love about Cowboy Church. We don't always put people on blast. And we don't do always do an altar call. We allow you to get right where you are. Hallelujah for that. Hallelujah for that. Because a lot of people don't want to come forward. They don't want to get embarrassed, but they need to be right with God. And this, listen, my sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because of Lent, and because of Lent, and because of Lent, because of this story that, that, that you got the Pharisees here, and you got the tax collector here, we can stand like the tax collector and say, God, I'm sorry. What was the wee little man's name that climbed up the tree? Y'all call him Zacchaeus. What did he do for a living? Huh? Y'all slow tonight. What was the man's name across the tree? He was a wee little man. And what did he do for a living? And who did the Lord go eat with? Huh? The Lord loves the sinners. The Lord loves the sinners, the woman at the well. 
The Lord loves the sinners, but he hates the sin. So Lent is that time we can get that sin out of our life and come in the presence of the Lord right. You know who you are and you know what's going on. I don't, I don't care. God cares, though. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to pray about it. But I want you to leave out of here right about it. You hear me tonight. Lynn is that time. It's a personal thing, Mary. I learned this today. It's a personal thing. It's like fasting. If you got to get on Facebook and tell the whole world you're fasting, you missed your moment. You got your blessing. If you got to come to church and tell everybody, oh, I lost 10 pounds because I was fasting, you missed your blessing. Lynn is kind of a fast. It's something between you and God. You say, God, I'm struggling with homosexuality, and I'm not, I know you didn't create me to be a homosexual. Lord, I know that I know that you did not create that. That is not right, Lord, and I'm struggling with that, Lord. So tonight, I fast that. I give that up. I'm coming before you, Lord, and say, I need your help. You know it's a sin, Lord. I'm giving it up tonight. Lord, you know that I, I, I've been... Using again, Lord. Nobody can tell, Lord, because I'm I, I, I'm washing my mouth out real good with Listerine, and nobody can really tell, Lord. You can't hide anything, God. You stand over here in your best clothes and your pocket full of money, and you act like you're better than everybody else in the church, and you're the worst one in the church for doing that. But you can this Lent season say, God, I don't want to be that person no more. I want to love every person in this church. And I want to be right with you, God. It's not something that you need to put on display. It's something, what, what is about Lent? What is about Lent that makes it so special for the Christian? I didn't say the Catholic, I said the Christian. It's that time where we can reflect on areas that need improvement in our life and go to God and ask Him for help, ask Him for guidance, ask Him for wisdom, and get it out of our life. Does anybody hear me tonight? Lent is, an Lent is an attitude. It's an attitude of honesty, humility, as we confess our sins to God. How many people, watch, 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 I'm done. I am done. How many people can say, God, I'll be honest with you tonight. I don't want nobody else to know, God, but I'll be honest with you tonight. I don't always, and I don't know what that, you can fill in that blank with, but God, I don't always but you can be honest with God tonight. Lynn is honesty. And it's coming before the Lord saying, God, I need your help in this area. And there's areas, man, I still got a lot of improvement I need. But Lent is also an attitude of relief and joy, though, that we can walk out of here forgiven tonight. That the Lord can wipe away our slate clean, white as snow, and feel good tonight. What sins are you going to give up tonight for Lent? And then the rest of your life. My problem with religion is they do it for so long and then they do something different. My relationship with the Lord is an everlasting relationship. And the Bible says if he'll cleanse you of your sins, <laughs> who he cleanses and sets free, they're free indeed. What sins are you going to give up for Lent? Not for the next 40 days, but for the rest of your life. And can I say this to you tonight? Jesus promises, promises to empower you, to help you get through whatever you have to get through. So if you're using again, man, you can get right tonight. If you're struggling with pride or anger, you can get right tonight. What a great lesson tonight. I hope somebody received this tonight. If people want to temporarily give up something for the Lord, I don't think there's any real meaning in that. But if you're looking to give up something everlasting tonight, Lent's about coming humbly. Saying, God, you know, you know. I worry too much, God. I'm scared all the time, Lord. I don't want to walk around like this anymore, Lord. Give me some power, Lord, to help me get through this. If people want temporary, they give up certain things. 
but I believe that God can set you free for the rest of your life. What Christ is concerned about tonight, every head bowed and every eye closed, is your heart. Tonight we begin looking at the road that leads us to Easter. How many believe that Easter is right around the corner? And I'm so glad I don't serve the Easter bunny. I serve the risen Savior. The one that no tomb could hold. Hallelujah. Tonight as we begin that long walk to the cross. Where we see just how serious the Lord was about our sins. Can we be serious about our sins tonight? As we've learned about Lent. Is there anything that you would like to give up? Would you do that right now? Just between you and God. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to put it on a piece of paper and put it in a barrel or nothing. This is between you and God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't look around. What it is that you need to give up tonight. Give it up right now. Just say, Lord, I give this to you tonight. Father, I don't ever want it back. I don't ever want it back. you got to say that. Say, Lord, I don't ever want it back. I give it to you tonight, Lord. My pride, my anger, my disobedience, my greed. Lord, I give it to you tonight. Lord, I'm short with people. Lord, I give that to you tonight. Let me stop and take a break and listen to whatever you'd have me to listen to tonight. Father, I give this Lent season to you, Father. And I pray that our church, our church here, Lord, our church family here tonight, Lord, receives this message. And may God bless you as you learn on this journey. Thank you for the cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.